1: One week after UCF notched their first Big 12 win against Cincinnati, number 15, Oklahoma State heads to the bounce house. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Obviously, it's been one week, -week. semi-week. UCF notched their first Big 12 victory. I did say on the pod... You know, it's technically a Big 12 victory with a little asterisk because it's a team that you've played almost every single year over the last, I don't know, 10-something years. You know the team very well. You know the coach very well. But at the end of the day, it's still a win in the Big 12 on the road in a stadium that you haven't been historically very good in. Uh, But Nick... Nick joins me on this one because this is a big game, but Nick, kind of give your take or your thoughts on the, the Cincy game. Obviously not pretty. I think me and you both said on the podcast that I think our take was that you have to really go out and just pummel Cincinnati for our sense of mind to be like, okay, they're, they're a better tier above Cincinnati. But to be fair, I mean, it wasn't too far off with a a two point win on Saturday. UCF could have put them away, but Cincy honestly just beat themselves for most of the game.
0: Yeah, I've sort of just resigned to the fact that every game that UCF plays, if they're going to be in it, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a little ugly at times, and they're going to have to grind out a victory. That's just the way that it is with this team. And I said this was going to be a measuring stick game, like you said. How do you match up with a team that you came into the conference in that I think you have a lot more talent than? And it was really close. It was very close, so um, it's hard to really evaluate where this team is. It kind of, I mean, based on the scoreline and the way that game played out, it tells you they're a lot closer to Cincinnati than some of these other Big 12 teams right now. So that kind of is what it is. I don't think they moved the ball as well as I thought they were going to because we've talked about it. They've been able to move the ball on mostly anybody. Uh, The passing game was pretty inconsistent. You know, at times, uh, outside of Javon Baker, it didn't seem like anybody else really was making a play out there. And I will say, the JRP to Javon Baker connection, when it's on, boy, is it on. And you got it enough, four catches, 93 yards for uh, Javon Baker in that game. But it was all about R.J. Harvey. They don't win that game without him. You know, I saw some people asking, what does UCF's offense look like? without R.J. Harvey in it, and I joke that it would have looked like what you saw at Wrigley this past weekend between Iowa and Northwestern. A little tongue-in-cheek there, Uh, but R.J. Harvey, his value to this offense cannot be overstated. I believe that's, what, four straight 100-yard games for him. This is as consistent as I've seen him, and 1,000 yards is well in reach, top 20 rusher in all of college football, and so I expect... For the rest of the season, you're just going to have to lean on that guy and and hope you can grind out some wins here.
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's only like, I think, 146 yards away or something like that from 1,000, which, I mean, again, that uh, we all knew going into the season UCF was going to run the football, and regardless if it was working or not, they were going to try. I think the offensive line has, you know, not taking the leaps that they maybe took last year, Nick, in terms of just getting better each week. But credit the offensive line, they have taken small steps each week where the running game has looked significantly better over the last three weeks. Um, the offensive line has been blocking better. John Rice had, you know, granted, I get it is against Cincinnati, so you do take it with a semi-grain of salt. Uh, but John Rice, like the one throw to Javon Baker on the left side, I mean, he had a good five seconds to throw that ball, so... Credit the def- uh, the offensive line. I said it on the pod. Drake Metcalf should never see a snap at center ever again. Uh, he's not good at center. Uh, I mean, three straight series where he has a a bad ha- a handoff or a bad snap to the quarterback. Uh, I, I know they don't want to put... I know Bula's a little bit undersized compared to Drake. Just put Bula at center. Uh, we're not going to get too much into it, but he is Drake Metcalf should not be playing center for this team. Um, but credit R.J. Harvey, like you said, uh, he really showed out, and I think you're going to see a heavy dose of R.J. Harvey the rest of the year, and, you know, Johnny didn't get much work because R.J. was doing kind of so good on the ground. And I'm okay uh, with that.
0: I'm he, okay with that.
1: Yeah, and listen, if he's not involved in the passing game, I mean, get behind your best your best lead back, and, and R.J. Harvey is that. And I said on the pod, like, last year we were clamoring for R.J. Harvey, and I think he had a slow start to the year, which... Again, offensive line had something to do with that, but I think he's really turned it on here, and he's he's making him to himself into a a, a pretty interesting NFL prospect because he can kind of do both. He can catch the ball, he can run the ball. He's hard to tackle, he's hard to bring down, and it just the Big Twelve as we get into it, Nick. Big Twelve running backs are are insane this year, and he he adds to that.
0: Yeah, the conference in general, I think you know it's been really like up and down with how you kind of feel about this conference, but then you look at at least today, you got Texas, Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Kansas State all ranked. So you got five teams and then West Virginia, after what they just did to BYU, now they're six and three and seem like they're knocking on the door to be ranked potentially next week. So the conference looks a little bit more deeper than maybe initially we thought when it looked like it was a down year overall. So that's good for the the strength of the conference in the future and all that. But yes, the running backs have taken over, and and that's I guess you know it's been a lot of disappointing things that we've had to talk about all season long. But the one positive, like you said, R.J. Harvey has turned himself into a potential you know NFL prospect. It looks like uh, not not like a high draft pick or anything, but I think he's absolutely a draftable player. And then on defensive side of the ball, Trayvon Morris Brash continues to make plays. I think he leads the Big Twelve in sacks, and he's got the tackle for loss numbers up. He looks like a guy that's definitely gonna be maybe a mid round pick in the draft. We'll have to see when that process. But if you're looking for some positives, you've had two players right there turn out and look like they're gonna be guys who can get they can start playing on Sunday. So there's your positives yeah.
1: right there. No, there's listen, I think UCF this offseason might get back to getting some players drafted. I mean, it's been, I think, a year or so where Took a little bit of a lull in NFL or, or in uh, UCF players getting drafted to the NFL. I know we'll talk about that towards the end of the year and once season's over. But I, I suspect you'll get at least you know three, possibly four, get drafted off this team uh, when they do choose to to go into the draft. But listen, it doesn't get any easier, right? You get your first win, you beat Cincinnati, and then you're playing an Oklahoma State team that. Just had one of their biggest wins in program history given Bedlam and Bedlam ending. And I'm sure Oklahoma fans are not happy that they're not going to see Oklahoma State last, uh, next year because notoriously Oklahoma has ruled that rivalry. And Oklahoma State, you know how it is, Nick. Like UCF plays USF, UCF won last year. USF has no opportunity in the next, you know, potential decade to. Rewrite that that history. So regardless of anything that happens, you can always say we were the last to win just like UCF versus Florida until next year. Florida has not had an opportunity to to write that wrong. So Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma in Bedlam. Uh, Mike Gundy is making something out of nothing again. Uh, and we were originally saying that at the beginning at the beginning of the season where Oklahoma State's not looking too good. It's a bunch of players just metal together and and what do you know? He's got probably the best back in the country. Um, he's got a quarterback that doesn't make many mistakes and just is a really good game manager. And I, I do not say game manager in a bad sense. I think I, listen, I'm a Tom Brady fan. I was a Patriots fan, or I am a Patriots fan. Everybody would call Tom Brady a game manager. I find that as a term of, of endearment. That's It's a great term. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about the defense, but I think the defense makes stops when needed Um, they're not the best defense but they make stops when needed so Nick kind of give your early assessment on Oklahoma State and you kind of called it I mean I was kind of out on Oklahoma State they lose the south out of Alabama in week one and you're like oh maybe I shouldn't have uh, stuck up for Mike Gundy but Mike Gundy does it again and he is a hell of an Oklahoma State team this year
0: yeah I remember we were doing our preseason big 12 predictions and I was looking around to see what other people were saying about this team and there were people that were picking him to be like second to last in the conference and definitely one of the bottom four or five teams. And that's just historically, that's just not what happens at Oklahoma state. And that's not what happened to Mike Gundy teams. Like this guy just finds a way. I know he's not a like, he's not the most likable guy for various things in recent years. And I get that you can think about how you ever you want about the guy personally, but as a coach at a place that doesn't historically recruit at the high end of college football, It's like kind of like the Utah factor to me, like Kyle Whittingham and Mike Gundy. They've both been at their programs for almost the same amount of time, I believe. And consistently, they find ways to get their team over 500 and knocking on the door of going to conference championships and in some cases getting to conference championships. And so that's the greatest compliment I can give. I mean, Mike Gundy is one of the best coaches in college football. He has been for some time. I think he deserves that credit. And that's frankly why I didn't buy into this stuff that they were going to be this horrible team this season. This was going to be the start of the end to Mike Gundy. just doesn't happen. And, and you go back to the South Alabama game. You talk about being at a crossroads as a program. And where do we go now? Well, what happened? Mike Gundy figured it out. Like, okay, well, now we got to find out what are our strengths on this football team. And now we got to play to them. And lo and behold, you have arguably the best running back in the country right now definitely the best one going at the moment in Ollie Gordon. Okay, we're just going to feed that guy 30 times plus a game. And we're going to we're gonna live and die by that. And so far, it's working out. I mean, you look at the wins they've gotten over Oklahoma State, or uh, Oklahoma State, on that Kansas State, on uh, that Friday night at home. That was kind of like the start of them like turning things around and then winning in Bedlam and making enough plays. And I know you were pleased to see that Dylan Gabriel didn't have his uh, his greatest game. Um, I'm sure a lot of UCF fans were.
1: Two big games, two stray losses. I mean, yeah, no, right. that's all I'm going to say on it.
0: Right. But now here they come in, and, and look, they're up to number 15 in the national rankings now, the college football playoff. They're up to 15, if you can believe it. And I'd argue they'd give other teams in front of them a run for their money as well. So this is one of the best teams going in college football at the moment. And then you have you compare that to UCF, who, yes, you got your first win in the Big 12, it was against Cincinnati. You have to start somewhere. You know, we we no longer have that zero next to our Big 12 column. But I think we would love to see them get a win over a, a traditional Big 12 opponent. But not sure if that's going to happen. And I, I don't probably envision that happening this week. I mean, the crazy things can happen. Like the line on this game is
1: like, what is it? Like one and a half or something like that? It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, I from- don't one and a half UCF point UCF favorite to six and a half UCF underdog. It's, I mean, the one and they a half are is, really buying into the home factor because I do not understand the This team the line hasn't played well at home, though. <laughs> I know. This team's played I don't, better I don't, I don't on the road. It,
0: if anything, this team's played better on the road. So I'm not buying into that at all. I mean, just look at the just I mean, if you've watched UCF's team, what's the one thing that they're the, they struggle at the most is stopping the run
1: and here comes the And they're the playing most open- the best back in the country
0: exactly easily. exactly and they're going to feed that guy all day long and you know it and i don't think ucf's going to be able to stop it so uh i think i'll take the points easily <laughs> in that yeah. one this has a chance like i'm serious like this is a game that has a chance to get a little lopsided. if oh, i'm mean, yeah, being yeah, honest yeah, yeah.
1: listen we'll talk predictions at the end but y- no you're 100 percent right you're 100 percent right you know we'll talk mainly at the end but Again, at the end of the day, if I'm Mike Gundy, right? You have a big win last week. There's always that chance, right? Because, listen, Oklahoma had their big win against Texas. And whenever a team has a big win, there's always a trap game element to the next game. Because you ride off a high, players are at the top, like the peak of their emotions of we're the best, we're awesome. And then you play an inferior opponent the next week. And there's always in college football or any sport, A chance of a letdown if I'm Mike Gundy I would and this is no offense to UCF but it's just showing what UCF is as a team right now if I'm Mike Gundy I'll turn on the tape to UCF in front of everybody in that in the locker room and say men all we need to do is run the football we will not need to pass we are going to run we are going to be navy we will be navy this week run the football make stops on defense, and we'll win this game handily, easily. Because UCF can't stop the run. They did, they proved it last week. I mean, Cincinnati had 200-yard rushers in the same game. UCF has proven it. And listen, ultimately, this is what it comes down to, Nick. And I think, I want to get your take on it. UCF is trying to play a 3-4, or a 4-3, I think. They need to switch it up. I mean, I think they're trying to play a 4-3 thinking, you know, things can change. They're not good enough to play the defense that they're playing. They're leaving two linebackers right there that cannot stop the run at all. They go to one side, and it's the cutbacks, Nick. It's the cutbacks that have been killing this team. And I'm not saying Ollie Gordon's going to cut the ball back too much. He's good enough where he is going to do whatever he wants against this UCF run defense. And I don't know if, listen, it might just be crowd the box as much as you possibly can and force Oklahoma State to throw the ball. If I'm Gus Malzahn, I'm I'm telling Addison, let we're not going to let Ollie Gordon beat us. We're going to let Bowman beat us with his arm. But then again, do you really think, Nick, if that is UCF's MO this week of Let's just load the box. Let's crowd about seven guys in there and just go man to man with the corners. Do you think UCF stands a chance even with just crowding the box or do you think it's 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 already written in stone that Ollie Gordon's going to run for probably 350 yards plus over on this UCF run defense?
0: I don't know if he's going to run for 350 yards, but uh
1: I will bet money I like <laughs> there's potential there. I mean, I'm sure there's potential. What do he run for against uh Gosh, what was the the game? I feel like he ran for three hundred. I gotta look it up. You go, but I'm gonna look it up right now because he, he ran, ran
0: for two eighty two and four touchdowns against West Virginia.
1: And you don't think he can add an extra seventy for against us? Of course he could. <laughs> it's just an outrageous, <laughs> outrageous number. To re, it's an outrageous number to think about. I mean, I'll, he, went I'll start 280, if, he went for two eighty. He went for two eighty two against West Virginia, and then a week later followed it up with two seventy one against Cincinnati. He is gone. Dude, in the last three weeks, fans, this is going to be rough. Like in the last three weeks against West Virginia, Cincinnati, and OU, he has ran for over 650 to 700 yards and has eight touchdowns in three weeks. In three weeks. In each of those games, he's run over 25 times. In the last four weeks, he's run over 25 times.
0: And and, and I'd argue, Sean, by the way, because you're talking about, okay, well, can UCF make Alan Bowman beat you? And yes, on paper, on surface, you're like, yeah, that's the obvious game plan. But I'd argue that Oklahoma tried to do that last week. And like, because Ollie Gordon, by his lofty standards that he has put out there, He ran for 137 yards last week, I believe it was, against Oklahoma. But he took him 33 carries to get to that number. Okay? Not the greatest yards per carry in the world. No. Right? Still productive. Absolutely. And that wears down a defense when you run it that many times, right? And OU's
1: run defense is pretty good.
0: Exactly. And they're pretty good. And Alan Bowman had his best game of the year, throwing for 334 yards. So... Is UCF going to be able to just magically hold Ollie Gordon to that yardage and then Alan Bowman's going to lay a pumpkin or turn into a pumpkin against UCF in their defense right now? I'm not betting on that. No, I'm not betting on that. But at, at the end of the day, this is a team that has, has, has Big 12 championship aspirations. That's where they are right now as a program. UCF is merely just a a stepping stone for them to continue on that. This should not be a game that gives them much resistance. Not saying they're going in thinking that because you've got to go out there and execute to win every single time. Crazy things are happening in college football every single week. Teams are being tested. But it's just a horrible, horrible matchup on paper for UCF. And I I just think whatever you do, I don't know if you're going to be able to even come close to stopping this guy out of the backfield. I don't. And that's why I I think that this has a chance to get really, really
1: ugly. Yeah, and I think that's the disappointing thing, because ultimately, if you were just a little bit better at your run defense, if you could just prove that you can hold a guy to under 100 yards in one game. Yeah, if they were just
0: like middle of the road, like pedestrian, like just right there. But they are flat out horrendous. I think they're like in the bottom five in all
1: of college football and stopping the run. Oh, I, I. You know what's funny? I haven't even checked, but it's it's almost written. In, like, I know that that is the case. I know 100. percent I can look it up right now, actually, because I have it up anyway. I in total have defense. It.
0: I 100. have it right. I have it right in front of me, Sean. Oh, see, and I'm so, scrolling. I'm scrolling all the way to the bottom, and here you go. They are. How many teams are there? 131. Oh yeah,
1: okay, I see it. Wow, yeah, that's pretty bad. If there was 131 teams.
0: One hundred and thirty teams. They're one hundred and twenty seventh in stopping the run. The only teams worse (laughs) than them are Louisiana Tech, Georgia Tech, and the Mean Green of North Texas. That's it. That's where your UCF Knights are ranked at stopping the run. Which one is? And and you shouldn't even call it stopping the run because they don't they don't do anything like that. But uh, they don't stop the run at all. But yeah, that's that's where it is. And then you compare that uh, to where Oklahoma State ranks in rushing the football nationally and they're up near the top half of that so good luck good luck but to be fair UCF's actually fourth on in the in the country in in, in uh in running the football actually better than Oklahoma State on paper so
1: yep on paper
0: for what that's worth
1: yeah it, it's gonna be rough I mean listen UCF plays a three-4 that's their defense they play a 3-4 defense and they don't have the men to play a three-four defense. I get it. That's what you want to do, but we don't have the linebackers to run a three-four. I think literally somebody commented that we don't have like on our last video that we don't have the linebackers to run. Well, a 3-4.
0: Well, these guys just don't make plays. I mean, quite. No. I mean, it's as simple as that. And I, I mean, I said this at the mid at the mid year in the same in the same stance. Like, uh, Jason Johnson has eighty tackles this year, but he's made no plays. He's made no plays. He made plays. one last week. I mean, he got the fumble recovery, which was big. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, but other than that, he's made no plays.
1: He, it's just, he, he's just there. Well, I think the guys that, you know, and we'll get more to Oklahoma State here in a second, but, you know, we talked about Trayvon Morris Brash. He's leading the Big 12 in sacks. Right. He's really kind of the move from the American over to the Big 12 hasn't looked too much of a big difference. He's, he's if Malachi anything, as improved. Well from the move, and he's really kind of put his name out there on, you know, the NFL radar when he chooses to go, which is most likely going to be after this year. Lee Hunter. Lee Hunter kind of, you know, it was his first year last year that really got significant at, struggled. This year, I mean, again, I, he was my MVP of last week because, again, he just makes plays. He makes stops in crucial situations. We talk about those guys. Yet Josh Seliskar non-existent this year, like non-existent. And I feel bad for, I said it on the last pod, I feel bad for Josh Salascar because if he would have just entered the draft last season, listen, he would have been maybe a 5th sixth six-round pick, would have made some money. Now, he's hurt his draft. He will not get drafted because he's put on a terrible season of tape. So some of these guys that decided to stay ultimately have really hurt themselves. So right. it's the guys like that I feel bad for, but at the same time, now you see your best player on defense last season is now not even a top five player on your defense this this season. That's and and no he still to, and he still him.
0: plays a he still plays a lot. And I know UCF rotates a a pretty good amount on their defensive line, but you know, Malachi Lawrence, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, assuming Josh Salazar stays another year potentially, I think is he eligible God. for a he might I don't be think done. So. Yeah, he might I think be so. done. But but Malachi Lawrence is obviously gonna be here. And all oh, the coaching
1: know, he, staff's loving that, like they are foaming at the mouth that they got him like next season because I
0: mean he's got six and a half sacks this year and he's not even playing in a full time role. It's been a rotation, like I'm saying. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Josh is he's one of those players that I said last week there's some players on this team that seem a little they they're overmatched. They're overmatched by yeah. the new competition.
1: Yeah. Let's get into Oklahoma State a little bit more. Obviously, listen, at the end of the day, we were going to talk about Ollie Gordon the most because at the end of the day, that's the guy that's going to beat UCF. Like we it is already, I keep saying pre-written in stone because I just, it, I see it in my head, Nick. It, it's going to happen. He's going to run all over UCF. You can have confidence that UCF could potentially have a good game and and play a good brand of football on Saturday and keep it close or, or hell. I'm going to say, potentially win. There's always potential, like you said, Nick, in college football, especially this season. Any team on any given Saturday has a chance. We were saying that way against Oklahoma. We came into this stream or in our podcast saying, hey, anything can happen. And then what do you know? They lost by two, had a chance to win the game. So anything can happen. Um, Their run game has really taken strides the last three, four weeks. I mean, he Ollie Gordon has 12 touchdowns on the year. He scored eight of them in the last three weeks. So if that tells you anything, Oklahoma State has really just leaned into feeding him, especially when they get down the red zone. But again, when you look at their entire roster, I mean, you talked a little bit about Alan Bowman, right? Had a big game last week. I think UCF has, I will say, the cornerbacks this year have been pretty good. I think UCF in man-to-man has played, there's not a lot of deep plays they've given up. So I do think when you're looking at, hey, a guy that maybe could keep you in the game, it will be Allen Bowman. Can Alan Bowman have a game like last week or is he going to throw you in an interception or two, you know, on some RPOs or stuff like that where you can maybe steal a couple? So he's kind of the X factor here. Ollie Gordon's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns. If UCF stays close, will Alan Bowman make a mistake? He's got eight touchdowns and five interceptions on the year. So it's not like some crazy quarterback numbers, but that's what I said. He makes some mistakes, but he's a good game manager. He knows hand the ball off and make the throws when you get tasked to make throws. Um, So offensively, I mean, they're solid when it comes to running the football. They're not going to blow you. It's not like they're putting up 40 some points a game, but they are solid. Let's talk about receivers just really quick, Nick, because defensively, I think is kind of where we need to talk about UCF's potential Again, to have a solid week. Again, it's one of those teams where you have, like, again, three guys that are really just staying consistent and solid. Uh, I think, you know, the yards won't say because he's not the number one in yards, but uh, Brendan Presley's, I think, clearly they're, they're one guy. He's got 47 receptions for 415 yards and five touchdowns. Nobody's even coming close to his touchdown production. He's got five. Everybody else that even has a touchdown has one in the receiving column. So, you got him. You've got Rashad Owens. You've got Jaden Bray. They each have over 300 yards. Um, and obviously, Brennan and Rashad have 400, over 400 yards uh, receiving. So, again, Nick, it feels like it's a revolving door every single week where we talk about the receivers in the Big 12. Where there's not a cl- in the American, and again, it's it's hard to you're in a Power Five conference, in the American, there was always a clear cut number one, and then you have a, just a bunch of guys under him you go to like SMU and stuff like that. What is it about the big 12 and how they operate when it comes to receivers and stuff like that? Um, And what about this Oklahoma state team throwing the ball with Bowman and the receivers kind of scares you a little bit.
0: Yeah. I think that's a function of these teams having a lot more depth than some of the other teams that we have faced in previous years. And, you know, you talk about the strength of the receiving and obviously Presley has been big for them all year long, but you know they really have a three-headed monster, and it's starting to, f- to look a lot better now than it did at the beginning of the year. And Rashad Owens, I mean, he was fantastic in that game in Bedlam, ten for one thirty-six. It seemed like whenever they needed to play through the air, it was going to Rashad. And then even Leon Johnson, the last few weeks, and especially in this, in the, against Oklahoma, five for seventy. Uh, he's a guy that can get vertical as well when they need him to. So, you know, this that's the thing. Everybody's focusing on on Ollie Gordon and rightfully so, but you know, when they need to pass, I think they just proved that they can do it. Um, not saying Bowman, like you said, Bowman is probably you classify him in that game manager, you know, distributor type of quarterback class, but they've got some guys there on the perimeter that can make plays. And in the event that UCF does make some stops in the run, maybe we'll see some of these guys make some plays, but again, don't like the chances there.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I, again, I've liked how the corners have played this year, but again, it's it's a test every week. So um, if anything, Brandon Adams has made himself, again, another NFL potential guy just with his length and how he's played this year. But let's talk about the Oklahoma State defense, which is, again, you know, I think UCF's chance, again, UCF's offense has moved the ball on everybody. I think they can move the ball on Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is ranked 108th in total defense. So UCF has a chance there to to make some noise, What I will say is they have a linebacker that I think UCF wishes that uh, they had (laughs) Nicholas Martin. I mean, 92 total tackles, a linebacker that does it all, five sacks, has an interception, has a forced fumble. Like, again, linebackers can uh, can make plays. That's allowed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they have they have a linebacker that has Nicholas Martin has five sacks and another linebacker. Colin Oliver has four sacks and three forced fumbles and one fumble recovery. Mm. So linebackers that make plays for their team are, are needed um but kind of talk about the oklahoma state defense obviously they played really well last year or last year last week against oklahoma i think only held them to 24 again rivalry game weird stuff happens oklahoma hasn't really impressed a lot of people the last three weeks anyway on the offensive side of the ball but again would you agree that if ucf has any chance it's against this defense to, again, you're going to have to make it a shootout because I don't think the defense is going to get many stops, if at all, this game. So for UCF to have a chance, they're going to have to take advantage of, again, a qual- uh, maybe not as good defense uh, this week.
0: Yeah, I believe they're in score, in a, at least in from a yards perspective, they're at the bottom of the Big 12 uh, coming into this game. Some of that might have been inflated early part of the season, but it's still what your number is. Uh, but the thing they don't they don't do is they don't allow you to get in the end zone at a high rate. I think they're only averaging like 24 game. So that tells you right off the mat right off the bat this is a a bend kind of don't break type of defense. So and if there's one thing with UCF's offense that they've proven the majority of the time, they're gonna move the football. And it's just a matter of them getting in their own way of scoring touchdowns. And so again, looking at the matchup here. It kind of looks like it could be advantage Oklahoma State there, because they're, you know, this is the type of game that they they love playing in, and you got a team that right now is struggling to get in the end zone unless it's like RJ go make a play for us. So I think that's where I kind of see that right now. There are some good playmakers on this defense, as you just kind of mentioned there. Obviously, the linebackers being the strengths, but you know they got a guy back there in the secondary, Cameron Epps. He's a good player. Uh, he's gotten some interceptions for them this year. You know, good ball hawk safety. So it's going to be a tough challenge, I think, uh, still in this game for the UCF offense. I mean, mean, listen, the one thing we haven't talked about the UCF is, you know, we're undefeated in the space game, you know. And they're going to wear those. They're going to wear those Cape Canaveral blues this week. Yeah, the ticker,
1: the ticker. We don't we we definitely not talked about the space game, which I I brought my space. I brought my space gear today. I'm rocking my citron out there. That's good planning on your end. That is really um, good planning.
0: Very good planning uh, for the week. I did not buy the space game jersey. I did but, not uh, And I will not be, by the way, either. But oh, they are undefeated in the space game. So, But this is the best opponent they've ever played in the space game.
1: <laughs> I don't think when they chose this game that they anticipated Oklahoma State to be this good. Uh, if that makes you know, I think they wanted to stay undefeated, and I think preseason they're like, "Oh, let's make it against Oklahoma State," because Oklahoma, like, it was so obvious to make it against Houston. But I think they even thought Houston would be better than Oklahoma State. But right, nope, not not gonna happen. Um, well, speaking of that, let's let's talk about if if uh, UCF will stay undefeated in the space game. Uh, obviously, three thirty tip. I don't know if I think it's on FS1. I'm not. I. I'm blanking on where it's, it's in the ticker down below, down below us. But let's give some predictions. Nick, I'm going to let you go first, per usual. Tough game. But, big, if you win, it's a big time win for the program. A top 25 win, kind of like last year against Cincinnati. And you can prove, again, you can prove to people that you can play. Like, to the same thing that you have played I think at this point you've played every single top 25 team that the big 12 has this year, besides Texas and your top 30 team, if you count West Virginia. So, you know, give your take on this game and, and give your, your score prediction.
0: Um, I went and checked by the way, we're on ESPN actually for this one right there at three 30. So we're going to be, thank you. Right Oklahoma there. state. Thank,
1: yeah, thank you. We're going to have a,
0: we're going to have real announcers <laughs> at the game for the first time. <laughs> isn't that going to be lovely rg3 uh,
1: yeah rg3 <clears throat> oh it's rg3 doing the game yeah rg3 is doing the game oh that's a I hot know he, take I a lot know, of people i love know RG3. i know
0: i know he loves our program but i'm just he's just a little over the top for my he's a little over wow. the top for me that's all i'm going to say about rg3 but anyway who loves the program and that's good <laughs> Uh, Score prediction. Uh, I'm feeling a... I think Oklahoma State 38. I think Ollie Gordon's going to be able to do mostly whatever he wants. So I'm going to go 38. I might be a little conservative there. I'm going to go 38. And I'm going to say UCF 23. 23. I think they... I think Oklahoma State kind of does what they do for the most part and they hold them around to their average. Um, so 38, 23, 15 point victory. Yes. That means I'm taking the points. I look today. It's three Oklahoma State's a three point favorite. I'm taking that with ease. So 38, 23.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make this easy. Uh, I don't think it's close at all. Uh, I'm going to say 48 to 28, uh, 20 point victory. Uh, Listen, you got to call it like you see it. I don't think until UCF has not proven to me, they've only proven it in one week, and that was against Oklahoma, which, again, hasn't been the best running team in the conference or even in college football. So I'm saying a 20-point victory for Oklahoma State. I think they boat race UCF. I hope UCF puts up a good fight. And again, but if we've proven anything, UCF plays really well in the first half kind of takes a little bit of a dip in the third quarter and then the dam breaks in the fourth quarter. I see that happening very similarly here. I think Ollie Gordon runs all over UCF. I think if UCF wants to even have a slim chance, you need to be able to get into a shootout and possess the football. None of this fast, fast offense this week. You want to limit Oklahoma state's chances to possess the football. And that will mean limiting turnovers, no turnovers just like last week. And you might have a chance. You might have a chance there, but I hope I'm a a good jinx this week. I'm going to say we get blown out and knowing my jinx powers, we win the game. So that's that's what I'm going to say. Nick, final thoughts. Interesting game. Should be a fun one. And again, another opportunity for UCF to kind of change the narrative a little bit.
0: But yeah, it's an opportunity to change the narrative. Sure, you can look at it like that. I don't mean to sound so doom and gloom. Because, you know, we, we're, we're supposed to be celebrating our first Big 12 victory. Um, you know, they're going to get Xavier Townsend back. Hopefully we didn't mention that. So, that's a, that's a plus. But yep. Oklahoma State's just too much we'll right see. now. We'll they're see. Just, we'll see about Xavier. But Oklahoma State's just too much right now. And, again, it's going to be an uphill battle to, to get to bowl eligibility.
1: Guys, what do you think? Drop it down in the comments below your score predictions, what you're thinking on this game. I know we're going to have probably a lot of Oklahoma State fans telling us that we're wrong or, or you know, that Alan Bowman is not a game manager. So please, hey, I, Oklahoma I put a State lot of praise, I lot of praise today.
0: I put a lot of praise today on the Oklahoma State program. So they can go after you.
1: Yeah. Hey, I, I gave him a 20 point victory. You just said 15. So, all right, guys. Uh, as Nick. Signs off with bad Wi-Fi. Uh, this will be doing it for this episode of Charge On. Please like, subscribe, share, do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. And hopefully we can come back to you with if uh, a win or just a really positive loss. All right, guys, this has been Charge On. I bet online. We will see you on Sunday.